uh, it's always really uplifting and inspiring to connect with uh, my peer group or even younger cats um, who are looking to forge ahead on the bandstand in a uh, very dystopic time. But in so many ways in my life, in my career, the only ways that I've really grown uh, has been through adversity, um, sort of leaning into that and uh, just trying to be as vulnerable as possible. Um, and, you know, you can be out in the wilderness for a long time, uh, but ultimately along the way you find the forbidden fruit and you treasure it. And I get a chance today to speak to somebody who is really just carving her own path on the bandstand. Uh, she's worked with a myriad of different people and uh, continues to try to find her own voice. But I can feel that her heart is very um, authentic and that she's ultimately trying to access her true nature and, uh, and lean away uh, from her habitual nature, which is as a Taoist, that's the most important thing in the world. Aaron Ray, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and thank you so much for that for that introduction. That really means a lot to me. Well, it's it's true. It's <laughs> the truth. And I I kind of just wanted to start there. I mean, I, I, I received the Dow um, you know, over probably twelve or thirteen years ago. And uh when I started to cultivate my true name, I mean the whole idea of the Tao, it's not a religion, it's just sort of a a way of life. And when I, you know, I, when I started to cultivate seriously and, uh, you know, I started to access my true nature, uh, and really be, uh, unapologetic about it, finding my own voice. And, and still, I'm still dealing with my habitual nature every single day, but I know how much I've come in the last 12 or 13 years. And I just, I don't think you received the Tao, but I know that you're focused a lot on heart and intention and um you know moving away from habitual nature and i just kind of wanted you to talk to the audience about that journey um that is so cool i i guess i'm i feel like i i'm familiar with what what it sounds like the principles of the Tao are i, I believe you are i believe you're already even though i don't yeah. yeah even though i don't you know specifically I couldn't tell you what it is or where it comes from, um, but it just sound I, that just resonates a lot with me. Um, and I really appreciate just that reflection um, because I feel like, yeah, especially this last couple of years, um, I, it's kind of, you know, it's always been important to me. I think just, from early on the concept of like being in alignment with my true nature is very important to me that the access points to it I feel like have been you know definitely blocked by um by the habitual nature and <clears throat> the just e just ego and strategies for seeking security that I've kind of learned about over the last several years through therapy and whatnot and just how how human and normal that is and it's Absolutely. very much part of, of of the path you know it's not mm. a uh, a failing or a moral uh, a moral failing by any means to have you know we I think we kind of all have our our serving of those um and yeah, I mean, even, even this moment, I feel very much in the midst of habitual nature, uh, with social media, with, you know, clinging to attachments, uh, of, you know, ego and fear and attachments to other people. And, um, and yeah, I think, I guess what's coming up immediately when you, uh, ask about that is just uh, the last year or so especially has been so much about kind of being brave enough to bring everything up uh, to the surface that's like unconscious material um, mm -hmm. 
And throughout my career, I'll say like, I've, I've consistently had a, a level of ambivalence about pursuing music. Um, not meaning, I feel like ambivalence can sound like, Oh, I don't care about this. You know, I'm like, no, I no, go no just, there's, a, there's a conflict, you know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, the, that has been very uncomfortable to me because, you know, there's so much messaging from society about, uh, you know, if something's your true passion, you shouldn't have any questions about it like that. Well-meaning people uh, say things like that all the time that are like, you know, like, oh, if you're unsure, if you're, if you're supposed to be doing this, then, you know, get off the stage or whatever. And I just don't agree with no, that. No, it's not. It's ridiculous stuff. That just, yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. I, you know, I, I, but I mean, this is, I just, I, you know, cause you're, it was, I, I sort of threw you into the, into sort of the space, into the intergalactic here, you know, <laughs> for, for me, like, uh, for my habitual, my habitual nature was all, always, uh, projecting, uh, my anxiety, uh, projecting out, trying to control things in the future, really being unable to be here now, as Ram Dass said, and I still do not have really a sedentary meditative practice. I mean, I can jump on the conga drums and jam with my friends and I can get to a different space. Um, but I've really worked very hard on, on trying to be in the moment. And, yeah. you know, to me, so much noise you know, to me, there's so much idle chatter and noise out there. And when you're going to go out and do, of course, you're going to have ambivalence. That's the perfect word for it. It's ridiculous. Uh, you might have natural gifts. You might have, that might be your genius, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to psychologically have be fighting that because of all the dogma that comes down in our society. Um, yeah. I just wonder about at this present moment, how how well you are able to stay in the moment and sort of treasure and try to, and, 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 and your ability to surrender. Shoo. Um, great questions. I, I would say it's like, it's so funny. Cause it's like the thing that I probably desire most in the world, you know, is to be able to land in that present moment. And I think, of course, that's like, it's a pretty human thing to even people who do have a meditation practice that's very thorough and consistent throughout life. Uh, you don't always get to the place of, of accessing like the present moment or, you know, you kind no, of, that's true. That's, that's right. It's yeah. like, so it's cool to, um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm at this place where I'm so, there's so much more compassion and understanding at least a little bit of, of kind of how much stuff I'm bringing to the table and how much is just human nature and the nature of the mind and whatnot. But I think right now the best luck I have access in the present moment is with when I'm with another person, I think this is just where I'm at uh, as far as like, you know, peeling back the layers and like a therapy journey and uh, can, it, it can feel pretty intimidating to drop into the present moment. So I feel like the best luck I have right now is with another person, whether it's like a therapist or mentor or, you know, uh, being willing or doing, you know, a guided meditation or something with another person in the room, something about being with other people huh. alleviates some of that fear of going into it. And then, you know, I think being in a creative process, uh, things are coming to mind. There's been, there are definitely moments, um, this tour that I just did with, um, in September, kind of the point of, uh, largely of that tour for me 
was to see how it feels to be on stage, to try and take ownership at, uh, in like a headline role, you know, is like mm. ownership of the shows and mm-hmm. see what, how that feels. And does that feel like a place where I can access the present moment and just see what comes up and see how it feels. So uh, there were some really wonderful moments where I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then there were so many moments as well where I was just like, I'm not, you know, the, the internal chatter was, was pretty loud or a lot of self judgment comes up. And then I kind of think where I'm at now is I think that would come up anywhere I was. Um, but you, you were, I mean, there was some, you were a little bit terrified sometimes. I mean, that's that, that anybody, yeah. I don't care if you're an icon or whatever. I mean, you're always going to, there's always that, uh, yes. You know, uh, and I, I only say that, uh, one of my wishes for you is, um, you know, and it's so, it's not easy to do this, um, you know, in, in, uh, but I do want you to love yourself. I want you to, to cultivate self-love because um, so much of the dogma or the self-criticism or the what society says or the pressure you put on yourself, you know, that's all there. But if you love yourself, if you really, and I love myself probably too much, but the problem is that <laughs> the issue is like, in order for you to give off the aura that you have, truly, the only way you have to love yourself if you're going to give that love to the world. So my prayer yeah. and hope for you as you cultivate is to really drop all the self-criticism because not only is it a waste of time, it's also, uh, it's not real. And so... Um, yep. did you, did you, did you, did you feel, can you talk, I think it's just very instructive. I mean, did you feel, was there ever a point where you felt like you needed to get off the stage? I mean, or was, was it all just like you were able to, and do you feel that like, even on those nights where you were questioning yourself, once you completed the, the process, you look back and say, well, I grew from that. Definitely. Uh, definitely feel like I grew from it. I have, um, uh, yeah, in hindsight, I wish that I had kind of, uh, impl- I don't know, just brought with me like even a 10 minute meditation each day, I feel like would have set me up to be able to have some space from that internal chatter. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's, only there was a couple moments where and I might have just been under the weather a little bit there was a week or so at the beginning of the tour where we were all feeling a little sick Mm -hmm. and um, so just that you know of course affects how you feel but there was a couple moments a couple shows in a row where I was just like it was this fear of connecting with the audience and this judgment of not being being able to like a judgment story um going you don't know like you don't know how to do this like see this isn't connecting it's like all this stuff and maybe i'm being too uh revealing in this but <laughs> no it's I think fine it's just, it just keep, it just compound it just compounds right everything yeah just, you know. and so you know in my whole my practice in that in those shows was just to be like to try and of course, try and detach from that thought and re- like focus on my body and be like, how does it feel to sing in this moment? And, you know, and kind of just recenter in that way. And yeah, I think um, kind of like you're saying about the self-love and how that uh, can only be felt. Love can or that, you know the aura whatever can only be felt in the, in the audience uh if it exists <laughs> like that's right is, you know that's that, like, well, i mean the same thing i mean even yeah. when you get past sort of the i mean rick danko wrote that song stage fright i mean those guys that you know everybody has stage fright but once you get even into the milieu of like 
you know, playing sophisticated music. I just remember the great drummer and percussionist, Ayrton Moreira, like he told me, he's like, he's like, how am I supposed to get the audience off if I can't get, get myself off? I mean, you have to inspire. People think that's some, some sort of ego thing, but that's not. I mean, there's an yeah. ego thing when you're up there and it's all about look at me, look at me, look at me. But it, when you're talking about just like, um, the 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 artist has to be inspired in order to yeah. give that up. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind, I mean, in that it, you know, depending on the audience and sort of um, you know, I don't think enough cats actually are you strike me as somebody who's kind of open. And so I mean just sort of you know almost you know, having a psychotherapy session on the bandstand where you can tell the audience how you really feel inside and then bust into yeah. yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, but, but I, I, you know, keep like to me, um, that's just being vulnerable and, and relatable. And I think could easily become a, um, you don't have to do it before every song, but, you know, <laughs> you know, clearly like, uh, something that, uh, that could really make things much more, relaxed on the, on the band. I don't know if you do that already, but I mean, to me, that's a very vulnerable thing to say, Hey, you know what? You know, I've been, I've been questioning myself all day. I'm kind of in a rut, but it just feels so good to be up here with you. You know, just, just sort of bringing that camaraderie to the table again, easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I feel like I, uh, yeah, I, I struggle to, well, not struggle, but I just kind of will bounce around with, you know, wanting, want, wanting to be open and share. And then also, you know, wanting to be boundaried in a way mm -hmm. where I'm not making, I don't, cause I, my goal in that I would definitely not want to make it their responsibility to change how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? And because no. in my mind, I'm like, I want to bring this positive energy and, uh, you know, uh, what do I want to bring? No, I yeah, think, I think you want to bring, I think you want to bring authenticity and not necessarily positivity, but authentic, honest yes. energy, you know, sometimes you're, yeah. you know, sometimes I'm just in a, really down or and i'm not i'm not interested at all in even sharing this stuff so it's a delicate balance um totally. but i just think it's instructive how so in the end i mean have you always considered yourself sort of a uh, a perfectionist of sorts i mean did you walk away from the tour I, I so many of the cats that i that i go see live and these guys are I mean, they're just legendary musicians, uh, you know, they, whether they're famous or not is irrelevant. It's just inevitably they get off the bandstand and I don't know if it's just habitual nature or whatever, but they're just immediately self-critical about mistakes they made or the show wasn't that good. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Nobody notices yeah. the mistakes. And, you know, if it's a clunker show, I'll, I'll tell them that, but it never is. It's always ridiculously on fire. And yet the self-criticism yeah. is... So you're not alone in that. Did, did, have you, did you walk away with some semblance of peace knowing that you did the best you could and, you know, you sort of lean on the experience itself and you take the positives or are you beating yourself up? Um, I think it just depends, you know. Uh, this most recent tour. This most recent tour. I feel like um, it brought, I guess, you know, I felt that that feeling of being a little, I guess, it's so funny in terms like stage fright. I feel like we hear all the time and then kind of have an imagination or imagine, imagine Absolutely. what that means. Absolutely. But then you're like experiencing it and it's like this 
amorphous thing and you're like oh that qualifies as stage absolutely <laughs> like this is part of what that probably is for probably more common than i think it is but um yeah i think i came away with it from it with some questions ongoing about you know uh yeah like is what i'm doing connecting with people and do I feel connected enough to it at least at this juncture or in this format I think that's the main thing too uh to justify like uh going on tour and being on stage and asking for people not you know just uh, yeah asking people to pay attention to my music in this way like what do I feel really strong and I want to feel, I think that's why I came away from it feeling like I want to feel very tuned in. I want to eliminate doubt about it. Not that I can, but like minimize doubt mm-hmm. about, uh, like, does this song, I want to play songs that I feel a hundred percent are connected to my heart and my spirit. And, uh, you know, I definitely, there are certain songs where I've been like, huh, okay, that one was, maybe that one, there were some, some, some heart elements in it, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, they, that was kind of an attempt to appeal to a, a radio <laughs> play situation. Right, radio play. Like, no, I, yeah, that was the other thing is that, um, but no, do you consider yourself or have you been a little bit too much of a perfectionist? Or no? Um, I the, think only reason, about... the only reason I ask is sometimes, like, I mean, this is also potentially terrifying, but, I mean, it's okay to hit a flub, even vocally on stage. You might hit a clam, totally. but in some ways, that's a gateway to an extension of the song. If everybody goes with it in the band, um then it turns into new vocabulary. And so it's sometimes that's just about playing, uh, playing some games uh, and not being like, Oh, I, uh, you know, I messed up there. Or did I, you know, to me, some of this stuff is like, you have to be a little bit of a Zen master. I remember when I interviewed John McLaughlin, he talked about his second day. This is in the studio, but you know, he's, he's in the, Miles, he's in this, his second day in New York and he's in the studio doing In a Silent Way and Miles Davis is like he's like, Miles comes up to him, he's like play the guitar like you don't know how to play the guitar. And John's like what is he talking about? You know, this is a yeah. totally accomplished musician and he sort of was like, okay he kind of understood, and he started to do this thing and Miles dug it and that's what turned up on In a Silent Way and it's, so it's cool. in, in, inevitably because I can feel that you are, um, like most people in this day and age, uh, it's just good to get out of your head, however you yeah. can do that. And that is the ultimate. And, and for somebody on the bandstand, I mean, I'm not a musician, uh, but I am a, a fanatic. And I c- come to these shows and I do not wait for the musicians to get me off. I push them out of their comfort zone and pretty soon they're, they're out of their thinking mind and they're in yeah. the spirit mind and then all bets are off. So that's what I would do if I saw you too. Uh, yeah. But not everybody's like Jay Feinberg, you know, ultimately it's like this, um, this willingness to completely fall apart and sit in the mess and then be resilient enough to get back up, dust yourself off, and keep going. And I think that that, I mean, that I've done that many times on this journey, and it's still a lonely journey. I mean, it's that that it is the forever journey. Have you have you been able to recognize that? Um, you know, success is not based on fame or commodities or money it's a ba- it's based on striving for excellence 
And, yes. and, and that's kind of what I wanted you to talk about in terms of, um, because there's just so much pressure now. I mean, even to survive on tour and to make enough money to be a professional musician, it's just insane, especially if you're playing original music. Have you recognized at this point that you are on the forever journey and that um, striving for excellence is the most important thing as it relates to success? I Definitely. I think so. I feel like I've kind of always there's been a part of me that's always known that. And then of course, you know, you bump up against the structures that, that be mm -hmm. <laughs> in mm -hmm. the business and capitalism and yep. which I'm not even, I don't even feel, uh, you know, well versed enough to, to speak directly on that. But I guess, you know, my feeling has always been, or my intention has always been to follow that, like, the authenticity uh, route uh, or just like the true nature route and follow what feels, uh, you know, the, ser the search for freedom, you know, internally. Mm -hmm. And then, but of course, uh, and at a, let's see, at a young or younger age, um, you know, it could be pretty black and white about that and being like, well, you know, pr pursuing, uh, career success, like in this plane of like the business world and the music business world and like financial success and all that. It's like, oh, it's not related. Like, it's not, I'm not going to learn anything. Like that's not in my values or whatever. And to me at this juncture, I'm kind of like, well, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a journey of, of seeing kind of dipping my toe in that world and seeing there are lessons that relate to my true nature journey or whatever to that exists within that as well. You know, whether can you, can you give a, can you give an example? Well, I guess the, even just the experiment of like trying to operate within that world. Mm -hmm. There's uh and and determining what works and what doesn't work. Um you know, like kind of how I mentioned like writing a song with intent for it to be more like radio accessible or something. And how in hindsight, you know, that's kind of like, it's not making me super happy to play that all the time. Right. And because it feels like it was, it came from like external motivation. And however, there are some, some situations where external motivation has a place, like how I'm saying, I want, I want to connect with an audience and play music that is relatable. Um, you know, and so having an audience in mind is not, it's not black or white. It's not a bad thing. Uh, but I think creating something that has any, uh, will have any longevity. I'm just seeing, you know, what I've learned by dipping my toe into that world of trying to appease that, you know, those systems or whatever, it's kind of like, oh, it turns out, like, yes, people, the radio people liked the tempo of this song, <laughs> and so it did well, and yet what I get comments on the most and what people say connect, they connect with the most are my slow songs, you know, whatever people say that nice things about whatever they connect to all of them. But the ones where that feel most connected to my heart that where I almost question that, uh, I've, I'm speaking in such a long run and run on sentence. So sorry, but I, mean, I uh, dude, don't never apologize. No, you're talking, <laughs> you're talking about, the ballads are the emotive healing. That's the healing force for you are those ballads. And that's what people love. Yeah. Too. 
and they're like this uh, you know this very cool example I just got this big gift basically being on at the end of this tour we played in Chicago and this um a mom brought a little girl who I think was she I bet she was probably seven Mm -hmm. I would guess and uh she brought me a picture she had drawn of this song that is I don't even know if it's the title that I've never really even titled it but it's just called summer lightning for voice memo purposes and I had put a Instagram video of it online in 2021 I think when I was just kind of, it's just to me uh it's a song that didn't even feel necessarily like a complete song as far as like fitting into the verse chorus structure you know it's just three verses basically and then sometimes I repeat the first verse at the end and it's more about it's just the song is just kind of capturing a feeling and so I had kind of written it off as like oh you know I really like singing this but it sounds more like maybe it's just like a journal entry or just a nice a nice thought, you know, like if, if I'm going to perform a song, it needs, I need to labor over it more. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I don't know I where did. this came I from. Did. Yeah, I did. Um, but she but brought anyways, you a, so, she brought you a, a fully fleshed out drawing of this partial. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. She brought me this and it's, she said it's her favorite song. It's only, only place you can find it is in that little Instagram clip. Wow. And then I, so I played it that night. Um, and then the band, which are all musicians that, uh, love your work, by the way, you're a legend. Who who are these guys? I mean, I'm just like trying to figure out like how, (laughs) well, we can get to that later, but that, that, that's, what did they do? Well, Sean Thompson, uh, Sean Thompson's Weird Ears. Oh are you kidding me, dude? This is insane, dude. I know. <laughs> I love these cats, and man. Then, yes, and Alec O'Connell is on bass, oh and uh, Skyway Man is was on keys this time, and my friend Ben Parks from the band Sunseekers playing drums, and very blessed um, to have this band. But so they, they all, Sean and uh, specifically, just responded to that. They're like, "Whoa, dude!" Like what song is that you know and they were like where did that come from? i was like i don't know the girl just liked it um oh man and so we tried to they just encouraged that and it was just such a cool amidst all of these questions that i've been having you know and uh blah 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 uh, all these fears and whatever and just thinking real you know trying to just think through everything i'm like oh well, that's a pretty clear uh, affirmation of to just follow that. That's a song. That's like a true nature song. I feel like that's like coming from just heart. It's like a heart song. And so it kind of was just like, okay, don't doubt that feeling, you know, ever, ever. I mean, the best stuff, I mean, I, we all think and dwell, but the best stuff that I create or, is the stuff I think the least about. I mean, to me, it's about, um, and also just changing it up. I mean, the idea of saying, so what? I mean, so what? This is not fully labored over. If it feels good and the band, you know, breaks up the monotony or the, you know, gives, it keeps it on. I think that's the other thing is like, is, uh, you know, for me, when I started my show, I was interviewing a lot of black jazz musicians from, the fifties and sixties and um, people were like, Oh, he's a jazz journalist. And I'm like, I am not going to be labeled. So I went off into bluegrass and rock and world music. And, you know, so I just, I I consider my, it's all music to me. And um, I just wonder about, um, you know, if you could talk to younger cats, especially I'm not, I don't want to sound all, you know, um, naive here, but, you do have like tens of thousands of followers. Uh, you've clearly cultivated a fan base. Um, 
and yet you still have fears and doubts like anybody else. What is your advice to younger cats, musicians, about cultivating a fan base? I mean, is it is it just about churning out record after record after record? Is it about road dogging extensively, making connect? I mean, I'd love you to break this down because, I mean, and I realize it's just numbers, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 impressive. I just wonder what you know you can put your ego fully in the midst of it. It's just how have you built this fan base? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Good. Well, that, see, that's the, that's what I'm getting at. You, you have to adopt the Socratic method of you must know what you don't know. That also implies stuff on stage when I know this might happen to Sean once in a while, but it definitely happens to certain people where they play something and they get off the stage and someone says, how did you do that? And you're like, they, they said, I have no idea. And you have to, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. I think, you know, part being, it's interesting because I feel like now I would, it's all being kind of flipped on its head as far as how you get introduced, right. how you introduce your music to people. Right. Um, and a lot of us, uh, you know, who are a few records in are like, okay, cool. I need to learn about, I need to learn about this TikTok because I do want to reach people. I'm not, I'm not above, uh, sure. you know, there's this resistance to it because it was like the new thing. And we're just like, man, I don't want to learn another social media thing. Like, ugh, um, that's not real. It's like, I'm an artist or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but I do want to serve my music and myself and uh there this is nothing is the same as it was even three years ago two years ago um and I think when I first was getting going Instagram was more uh you know was worked better <laughs> and people that follow you actually saw what you post um but the i think you know just being a part of the community has been so important to me Mm -hmm. and collaborating um and as you can imagine you know that i could be pretty perfectionist about that like uh i don't know just judging the shit out of myself being like are you just doing this because you want to you know are you just trying to climb a ladder or whatever and it's like no at the end of the day of course like yeah we all the all of us that are musicians are we want to do well you know and we want people even people that kind of claim to not want to uh pursue success but then end up having a chip on their shoulder about how they're not more successful like that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm no, kind of you're, you're, I know exactly. No, you're nailing this because, uh, because it's, you know, the Western definition of, of success, but that, you know, through it all, you can be, yeah. as, you can be as pure as you want. You can go with the most independent, you know, have as little, um, support team as possible and be driving in a sprinter van and sleeping in the van or whatever it is. And yet, over time you start to see people who sort of become more mainstream and it does creep in resentment does creep in like that. Yeah. And of course, like, I don't know. I just think less and less, all this shit is so temporary anyways. Like, (laughs) like, I just think, you know, like less and less, uh, do I feel um, precious? My friend Kelsey Walden always uses that term. She's like, she's a friend who I really enjoy talking to about all this stuff. And she's the one actually that kind of started me changing my perspective on even like something like TikTok is like, Hmm. she's like, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to reach my fan base 
like I want to find them. And so I can go play shows for them. Absolutely. You know, and like, so people are, people used to watch TV and we all, everybody used to listen to the same, however many channels, but this is like now, you know, TikTok's like have whatever you have, like your own TV network <laughs> and you can just, if, if I'm absolutely no, this is like, for me, I mean, it's so good for me. It's like, you know, let's go to the videotape. Like this is like sports center highlights for me, you know, but, but yeah, you know, so, um, I think I got off tra- track, but no, no, no. I mean, I mean, but I mean, to accumulate 28,000 followers or whatever you have, I mean, that is not insignificant. That is like to borrow the Carol, Carol King tune. I can feel the earth move. I mean, that's earth moving in some ways, obviously, you know, there's people that have 180 million followers. who cares, but that is significant. And that means that clearly the things that I also feel very deeply about you is that, again, it's coming from this Judeo-Christian uh, Western world, the things that, and, and again, sometimes life just shakes you up and you begin to have less and less of this, but the three things that you have to um, or should cultivate in, because it, it just, it's a drag, is shame, guilt, and judgment. That stuff yeah, is yeah. a waste of time, and yet it is everywhere in Western society. It's awful. And yeah. for me, like, I haven't seen you play live, but, you know, you belong, and you therefore should drop all that judgment as best as possible, as as quickly as possible. Because, yes, it, it's nothing is too precious, but, and yes, things are, we're, it's a very quick, fleeting time. But you know, Aaron, this is the most important thing. Legacy. You must yep. leave, you must focus on striving for excellence and leaving a legacy. And that is attainable. Clearly, the foundation is already there. And I'm not trying to be a life coach here. I'm just trying to say to you, like, however you can work on it, shame, guilt, and judgment need to fall away. Don't ask me why yeah. in my, in my life it did. I mean, I, you know, and I still get ripped off. I mean, I'm in the front of the bandstand. I got in Tucson, I got, you know, it's pretty, it's a desert rock town. And, you know, people are still going after me on new media, social media about like blocking their view at the show. I'm like, this is an, a psychedelic rock show. Get right. off your ass and dance. But yeah. like, there's always going to be haters. There's yeah. always going to be noise. And so the key yeah. is to stand up. And say, what am I trying to leave behind so that some cat, younger cat, 75, 80 years from now, is going to discover some tune that I wrote that I didn't feel was fully complete, and it it inspires them. That's the legacy. That's yeah. what it's about. And that's what I want you to focus on. Um, and I want you to surround yourself with people that feel that way and get rid of all the other people that are not um that that don't put you in that space yeah i think thank you for saying that i uh i just remembered you asked what my advice would be for you <laughs> younger artists i was like yeah oh, yeah, yeah. what, what is your no, i'm serious i'm being very because i i mean yeah what what like like the truth is you're very humble but was it like a couple of major uh radio friendly hits that got you some sort of popular how have or has it just been some no i feel like yeah i feel like it's just been kind of a slow build um mine you know i feel like my growth has has largely stemmed from the growth of my peers and then getting to sing harmony with folks and had the good fortune of opening for a lot of wonderful artists a lot of incredible artists that i admire so much over the last um five or six years or so and you know like his his golden messenger i feel like uh mike taylor is a dear friend and he just his audience um i felt that was like probably the fit where i felt like they get what i'm doing and they're paying attention in a way 
And I also, because of who he is as an artist and because he comes from this, the soul place, you know, where it's, to me, it feels like his music is direct as Lisa, as a listener and from being around him, I feel like his songs come from that, the place where I'm trying to write songs from. And, um, uh, so, so maybe, anyway. maybe, maybe the advice is align yourself or try to get on tour with people where you feel like there's at least the source of the music is coming from a similar place. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know. It's <laughs> I, easy, you know, easier, not said than, easier said than done. I, I, that's not, that's yes. Easy. I feel like I got really, um, you know, I made a record with some musicians that I, aren't really incredible the the putting on airs record basically it's just like they it's annoying to hear but it is like start and just keep going and but also like to me what's important is like feeding into your community and encouraging the people around you and also like like being a champion of other people and also just being down to collaborate and Mm -hmm. right Uh, but now, you know, I think over time the Instagram used to be a real more powerful tool as far as creating a following and, you know, to be honest, just for clarity's sake, for anyone listening, it's like that has not necessarily translated into strong ticket sales, you know, at that's something that we saw. I think it's a very, see, you're very smart. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. But again, it's not about, I mean, again, we all have to sing for our supper, but I mean, the amount of cats that I've interviewed, older cats that, 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 that were, you know, starving to death. I mean, they've, it's never been, I mean, yes, uh, Ringo Starr and yes, uh, you know, certain cats break through and, and it should, but we're so, the inequality is so stark that you know, you have Taylor Swift at the top who's making enough money to feed generations of different families. And then you have all these authentic original artists who are like making money off the merch table. So I get it. I mean, to me, I'd rather have a fanatical fan base. I mean, it'd be great for it to turn into ticket sales or merchandise, but um, just the mere fact that you have that foundation, um, you know, you could be, you could really absolutely turn that into, um, you know, it would take a lot of your time, but it would, you could turn that into some, some monetary success as well. But I think it's also a good yeah. point, you know, that, that you can have a million followers. It doesn't mean you're floating in, in money, you know? Yeah. And I think kind of to circle back to the thing of, uh, you know, the habitual nature stuff that I have, I do feel like I have this foundation that I've kind of, there's a foundation that I've laid over time with the help of a lot of people and through being introduced by different musicians to their fans and, and whatnot. And, um, and now like, fortunately I'm kind of waking up to the fact that like, it takes me, this is awesome. This is what I will say. It takes, I have been told this and I was definitely resistant to hearing it. My friend, Tristan, who's an incredible musician in town, um, told me years ago, she was like, you can never take your hand off the wheel. You mm. always have to be driving and steering. And, you know, if, if my motivation and direction is not there, it won't, the boat won't go anywhere, you know? And I, because these people are on board and they are invested in helping, there is money as a factor in, in their helping, you know, to a certain extent, a large extent maybe, but at least at this juncture, I've I've been fortunate to have people around me that are in it for the long haul. Um, And it's up to me to cultivate a consistent kind of just like I would maybe a meditation practice, hopefully sooner than later, like a consistent way to show up 
for this fan base that I have created or not, you know, that I have found and that's found me and continue to offer things, you know, I don't know, just like I, there's needs, I'm, I'm reaching this point where I'm realizing there needs to be a, a discipline around it. Right. Um, and it's not well, just I do about, want, no, I mean, I want to say that like, it's I, important. go ahead, please. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I just, you know what it is? Like, I agree with the analogy of keeping your hand on the wheel, but I also feel like you can, for the opportunity to create a void or emptiness or the ability for creativity to come through you, it's okay to put it in. Um, uh, and neutral. No, not neutral. What's the cruise okay. control? What, what, what is it? When, what, what is it when you can just let the car drive by itself? You know, you can. Was it cruise control? What is that called? Yeah, cruise control. Yeah, so like you can let it cruise and let the car operate. Your hand's still on the wheel, but you're 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 merely a conduit for information. You don't have to put the pressure on yourself to have to to be steering and decisive and know where you're going. I think there's plenty of times where you can have the car in cruise control and still be moving along, but because it it gets like that sometimes. I mean, you know and um, I, I guess that that would be where. So at this point, December 6th, 2023, Aaron Ray, just in uh, not to look too macro, but just in this moment, in this time, what's one thing that you want to do that, you know, you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone in order to grow? I think just, um, I like that analogy of the cruise control. I, um, I feel like that's the space I'm in right now where I'm like, okay, like let's, you know, I definitely see one thing that I need to do is push myself to carve out time to just play and leave space for, uh, writing to kind of come forth. Um, cause I can easily busy myself, you know, the habitual nature stuff. I can really load myself up with, uh, love to hang out with people. Love to go see shows, love to look at Instagram and, you know, then the day's gone by. And so that's the thing I need to do the most right now because I am, in that cruise control spot where it's like, okay, it's time to make another record. Um, that's like, what's next, but I am wanting to be so clear about, uh, what goes on that record, what goes into it. And I want to serve like the music and also do what I absolutely can to further the career so that I can keep doing it. And I can keep learning these lessons that I learned from working with other musicians and, um, traveling. And so, yeah, I think, um, and one thought I had not to interrupt the flow, but circling back to the question about perfection is, I, I feel like uh, something that was coming up when we we're talking about that is, you know, the self-criticism for me kind of comes up as a shield when I'm getting off stage. I'm like, you know, I can think of like, it's funny. I think the, it's kind of an illusion to think that focusing on missed notes or flubbed parts or whatever, uh, that's kind of like, I don't know. It's like chip, chip in the paint or whatever, but you don't really, <laughs> that's not really the, yeah. what's matter is. It's right. like, is there enough? I don't know. You said like you said how, you, you, you use it as a, you use it as like a self self-defense. What was the word you used to when you get yeah, off? Yeah, It kind of creates a shield to be like, right. Oh man, I felt like this and this and this. And it's like this illusion of something I think I could control right. as if that would determine how people respond to me, the level of connection, how, you know, it's, uh, 
And what something I've learned so much from playing with Sean Thompson specifically is, you know, he's just willing to take a lot of risks musically on, uh, you know, within reason, of course, but like he'll explore while he's playing live. I love, and no, I did absolutely, not, man. you know, and, uh, I, what's now become more important to me is like, uh, you know, spending spending the time to practice and develop my instrument, vocal and guitar, but both things so that I can relax and like just kind of see what, you know, be able to be more exploratory on stage and be in the moment that way. Um because Yeah, and, and, and not not uh not be, yeah. and being and being comfortable with other people doing stuff that is not yeah you don't want to get in the the thing that i i don't like about um a lot of music uh, and i don't want to paint with a broad brush but <clears throat> i just don't like going to see a formula trip i don't want to go see somebody who plays the same show the same way every night and unfortunately in the time that we're living in in the in the world for that matter those are the bands that are getting really good paychecks are people that are playing the same show every night and the ability to actually play original spiritual music is like anathema to people. And that was not always the case in our country. I, I, I would also throw in a couple of things here rather than just uh, having the goal, having a new album, having material, that's good. But um, I would, um, Two things. I would, I would, I don't know if you've ever done this in your life before, but I feel like you need to do some busking. Have you busked before? Ooh, not really. Because what I'm saying is, I'm what I'm saying is that stuff <laughs> is like, it's, it, that stuff will test your, that you want to get out of your headspace. And I mean, to me, like you have the chops and the ability to do that. That's going to basically take you into a spirit realm and it's going to help grow your confidence to solely focus on yeah. something like a record in this day and age will keep you trapped in the self-criticism and the dark, not want to say darkness, but just sort of just that chatter. And to me, I feel like for you, like for me, um, getting stuff out of your system is essential and at this point, yeah. you're not you're not on tour 270 dates a year. So you have to find right. ways to get stuff out of your system. And so part of me has always been like, because I am my own boss, okay, who am I going to go after now? Maybe it'll be Herbie Hancock. Maybe it'll be Jim Keltner. Maybe it'll be Ted Nugent. You know, and then just being voracious about it. And then next thing you know, I've done seven interviews in three days. And I feel a little bit more centered. And I just feel like for you, if you do have songs, whether they're formalized or finished or not, you need to get your get stuff out of your system and in a vulnerable, non-traditional way. That's just the way I, I that's just coming to me now. However, that looks for you. Could be somebody's backyard. Oh. I don't know. But you know, the, all that sort of and you want to lessen that quote unquote chatter or stage fright, you know, get out in public, get on the street corner in Nashville, start cranking cranking out tunes. I mean, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, and then on top of that, you might even get a little bit, bit a little bit of change, you know? So I, that's, the, yeah. that's how I feel, you know? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see. I'm just like, I'm noticing all these like I'm like no I can't do that like I'm soft spoken blah, blah blah but I know that it it's doing that is such a a tool for you know just developing the skill that skill of connecting with people. I, I, all I know is that, and, like I said in the intro it's just it to me like for you used that word a while ago you said freedom and yeah in order to feel that. You have to be yourself and 
but also whatever you limit and traditionally that you've limited yourself. I can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, that stuff needs to go out the window. You're the, the, the horse has left the barn for Aaron Ray. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. so like all that stuff's there's, you know, it, it, you're, you are, you know, and you, you have to keep growing your wings and however that looks, I guess what I'm trying to say is create, don't wait. If you have an apparatus in place and you know for touring, that's great, but don't wait create your own opportunities. And to me, that is essential in this time that we're living in, especially as an artist, whether that's TikTok, whether that's busking, whether that's whatever it is, it's you have to find ways to create your own opportunities, especially as an independent musician. And um, Aaron, we got to do part two. I, um, because we have more to get to, but I just, in closing on set one here, um, I wanted to ask you um, if your folks, um, if they, maybe they don't totally understand your spiritual direction or your, your need to express yourself through music um, or, or just the path that you're on. Maybe they don't completely understand it, but do they respect your path well i feel like i've had it so easy in that department because my parents are both creatives and very spiritual yeah. uh so yeah i think a lot of the foundation or intro to, to any of this is through them both both my parents um my dad is a musician and songwriter and just storyteller naturally and just mm. kind of uh but he's and very into Ram Das and has practiced TM for his as long as I've known him. Wow. And um and then my yeah. mom is now she's a writer and therapist and uh she teaches teaches meditation and is a uh, uh ordained like buddhist um minister i think sure. is the term wow wow so she like they're they're like they're down with with the flow and i kind of <laughs> so my only my my only thing is i'm like man it would have been cool probably just for you know operating in the world <laughs> to have a little bit more of like a been like you got to work you know <laughs> work to live like earlier on right no i'm just saying you know, I gotta say, my, yeah my folks are the same way but you know what <laughs> that's just that's the you were blessed and there's just no you know you take the good with the bad but totally. um, you know you uh so obviously uh they they have a deep respect and love for not just you but um your 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 native gifts what you were given in this for, for this life yes definitely very encouraging of it and um my dad is the one who kind of shared the idea that each show is kind of like meditating like sometimes you access <laughs> the zen uh place and sometimes it's just about the practice you that's know right. that's right no he is let me tell you because that's as we such a delight to talk to you but i uh you too. I, I i i just say to myself most of the cats younger cats they don't have a, a sedentary meditation practice although that probably would be a good thing that yoga is on the bandstand and yeah. either that's just putting in the time or that's having a cathartic experience. And so I think for you, that is ultimately the space that, you know, we've come full circle here after 65 minutes is <laughs> getting to that place where it's not always going to be bliss on the bandstand, but it's the idea of saying I'm putting in my time, whether that's, you know, this is, uh, this is the dedication because, you know, it's like anything else. Uh, ultimately, it'll put you in a space of peace and the ability to be a little bit more improvisational 
and an ability to uh, inspire people. Ultimately, that's the greatest work that I've done that will live on well after I'm gone has just yeah. been the ability for me to reach inside the soul of the musician and pull out incredible stories that have never been told before in a totally improvisational setting. So I have no doubt with your aura and the path that you're on, that you have that ability I already have inspired people. And now it's just a matter of saying, what can I do to push myself out of my comfort zone in order to keep inspiring people? Because that'll give you vital energy to continue on your path. Yes. Thank you for that. All right. And uh, let's do this again soon. It was, I, uh, I, I'd like to believe that I'm going to come to Nashville earlier, early in 2024. Do you know, do you know Zephaniah O'Hora? Yeah, we haven't met yet, but we've got tons of mutual well, friends. Well, I'm just saying that he's getting the club going. Uh, that's yep. going to be a great spot for you, but he's a legend. So, I, I mean, I got, it's just sort of a right place, right time, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's, let's do this again soon. And, uh, you know, if you ever do need to calm yourself down and have a meditation of sorts, I'm always here for you. Thank you. And thank you so much for reaching out. I'm like, I was, I'm very honored to get to, to be on the Feinberg podcast. And, You're on the uh, podcast and, 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 uh, and you did it and you did it and, and you, and you crushed it. So, I mean, you know, you had no, everyone's like, yo, can you script, can you send me the questions in advance? I'm like, that's the most boring interview ever. You know, like you, you just, were, <laughs> so, you know, keep growing Aaron and, uh, and much love to you. Let's stay in touch. Yes. Well, let us know when you come to town. Cheers, my friend. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.